0: On the show today, the U.S. government announces a reward for information on attacks to critical infrastructure, CyberArk researchers discover a flaw in the Windows Hello identity system, Google makes a change to force secure connections in Chrome, our scam of the day covers a type of employment scam, and today's tip teaches you how to break down and evaluate an internet address. All of that and more is coming up on the July 19th, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world, this is Cybersecurity Made Personal. And welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have four stories on the news beat for you today. We begin with news out of Washington, where the U.S. State Department has announced a $10 million reward for those who provide information leading to the identification of criminals that have attacked critical infrastructure. The payment will come from the Rewards for Justice program that the State Department currently operates. As part of the program, a portal will be set up on the dark web where information can be protected in order to keep sources anonymous. Payments will also be able to be made in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Officials hope that this reward, combined with efforts from other departments, will help reduce the impact of ransomware and other crimes against American infrastructure, which has increased in the last few months. In news from Microsoft, researchers at CyberArk have revealed that they were able to fool the Windows Hello authentication system using only an infrared image. Windows Hello is the method for logging into a Windows computer using your face something similar to Apple's Face ID. While Microsoft says that Windows Hello requires a camera that can take infrared and traditional pictures, the researchers found that all is needed is a single infrared photo of someone's face. Granted, an infrared photo of someone's face is not going to be the easiest thing to obtain, but someone motivated with the right reward might be willing to go that far if bypassing Windows Hello was all that was needed. Regardless, this flaw demonstrates the issues that can come when new technology is implemented. Microsoft has released a patch that fixes this issue, so if you do sign in with Windows Hello, make sure that you install the patch. Meanwhile, Google is about to give users of its Chrome browser a security boost with its new HTTPS First feature. The HTTPS First mode will attempt to access web pages using an encrypted connection. This connection helps prevent eavesdropping by others on the contents that are being transmitted. This is the next logical step in the evolution of a more secure Internet. The past several years have seen movement towards increasing the availability of encrypted connections on web servers. Now over 90% of web pages can be loaded using HTTPS. This move by the Chrome browser, along with a similar feature recently introduced in Firefox, will help improve the security of the internet by always requesting a secure connection and only using the unencrypted HTTP when a secure connection is not possible. This feature will also come with a check that will stop users from entering sensitive data over insecure connections. So if a website asks for credit card or password information and the connection is not secured, Chrome will provide a warning to stop you. And finally, it appears that a second ransomware gang has been taken offline, although no one seems to know exactly who was responsible. Recently, the infrastructure for the Dark Side hacking group was taken down following their attack on the Colonial Pipeline. Now it appears that R-Evil, the perpetrator of several recent high-profile incidents, has also had their platforms taken down. Now it appears that R-Evil, the perpetrator of several recent high-profile incidents, has also had their platform taken down. Some people think the group may have decided to take a break to allow the recent attention focused on it to fade. But others think that either the U.S. or the Russians may have been the ones to take down the group's infrastructure. Regardless of the method used, we certainly hope that this move is permanent, and that other ransomware gangs will soon face the same result. And now we move on to the scam of the day. Today's scam is the reshipping scam. This scam usually preys on people who are looking for a job. The scammers will post a job opening or contact you pretending to be a recruiter with a work-from-home opportunity. As someone who is looking for a job, you may be tempted to apply. You'll go through a traditional interview and hiring process just to make the job seem legitimate. You'll be sent paperwork to fill out, and you'll be asked to provide your bank account information for direct deposit. Your task will be simple. You'll receive a package, you'll box it up into new packaging, and then you'll ship it off to a new destination. However, you may or may not end up being compensated for this work. In many cases, you won't be paid at all. You'll keep receiving packages to reship, until you question why you haven't been paid, and then they'll stop sending you packages and cut off all access you have to anyone involved. Every phone number, email address, and website will suddenly stop working for you. You'll eventually come to realize that your job was just helping criminals cover their tracks. The criminals would make purchases with stolen cards. As part of the process, the goods will end up at your house either coming directly from the seller or from someone else who was working for them in the same scheme. So be aware when you are hunting for a job. This type of scam is just one of many employment scams you could encounter as you hunt for a job. If the job offer seems too good to be true, remember, it probably is. If you find a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, You can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for the Cybersecurity Pop Quiz. Each week, we ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a multiple-choice question. The question is... Which of these is the most likely place where your credit card number could be stolen? A, a grocery store, B, a fast food restaurant, C, a sit down restaurant, or D, a gas station. The correct answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to submit your guess and find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you can be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 3 in August. But your guess must be submitted before the next episode airs on Monday, July 26th. For official giveaway rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com Slash /quiz rules Last week's question was When is it safe to click on a link in an email? A. Whenever you receive a link B. When the link is pointing to a site you know C. When you know the person who sent you the email or D. When you are expecting the link The correct answer is D You might have thought that it's safe if you know the person who sent the email, but that's not always the case. Hopefully, someone you know wouldn't intentionally send you something unsafe, but there are ways that a person could unintentionally send you a suspicious link. First, someone could forward a link to you that they think is safe, but actually takes you to a malicious location. Unfortunately, sometimes websites can have what looks like a legitimate purpose but has a malicious purpose in the background. For example, a website that displays news might also install malware or run a crypto miner on your system. Second, if someone's email has been compromised, it could be used to send you a malicious link or attachment. At one workplace, someone compromised the credentials of one person in the company and then used that account to send a series of phishing emails in order to get access to more accounts. Because the email just said, for your approval, and it came from someone who would actually be seeking approval for projects, many people in that company fell for it. And while we're on the subject, a compromised email account could also be used to conduct other types of scams. I know of one person who wired money for the down payment for a house to the wrong bank account. Someone had compromised the email account of a person at the bank and sent instructions that the bank needed the money for the down payment in advance by wire transfer. So don't click on links or even trust the contents of an email unless you are actually expecting that email. If you receive a link or instructions that seem at all suspicious, verify it through another method, such as a phone call or a text message. And remember, don't just reply back to that email, because the hacker could still be in the account and just reply back to you again. Have you ever taken the time to look at a website's address? Do you know what all those random words and letters and even symbols actually mean? If you're curious about how to evaluate exactly where a link is taking you, we'll discuss that topic right after this short break. Hi, it's Jim. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could follow us in your favorite podcast player. That will ensure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we'd also appreciate it if you could rate the show and give us a review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And finally, the best review that someone can give us is to tell their friends about the show. Invite them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, Or send them to our website, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com, where they can find links to the show in all the major podcast players. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. It's late in the evening when you sit down and start to glance through your email. As you scroll through the multitude of marketing messages you've received, you notice an email from Chase Bank informing you that your account has been overdrawn. Your heart begins to race as you wonder how that could have happened. Did you have an automatic charge hit your account that you forgot about? Did you really burn through your paycheck that fast? Did someone drain the money from your account without your permission? Desperate to find the answer, you click on the link in the email, and you begin to sign in to your account. But at that point, you think about what you've heard on this podcast, and you stop and wonder if this is actually a phishing attack. You go back and look at the email, but it's extremely well written, and it looks just like the chase emails you've received in the past. That's a good sign but it doesn't automatically mean that the email is legitimate. The website also looks just like Chase's site, and when you look at the address bar, you see Chase.com. So thinking it's safe, you go ahead and sign in to your Chase account. However, there's a difference between Chase.com and Chase.com.hedcvrt.pk. One of them is the actual Chase Bank website, the other is a website registered in Pakistan. And that was the actual address that you just signed in at. Just like slapping the Chase logo at the top of a website doesn't make it a legitimate Chase site, the appearance of Chase.com in the address bar does not automatically mean the site is safe either. Website addresses have a specific structure. And when you understand that structure, it can help you recognize if a link is unsafe. As I mentioned, just seeing the company's address in the address bar does not mean you are on that company's site. That part of the address needs to be in a specific place for it to be the legitimate site. But it's also important to remember that no matter how safe you think a link looks, Caution is always going to be your best friend. Even if you've followed all the steps in this episode to evaluate a link, it's possible you could misread something and think a link is safe when it's actually not. So while you can use this to determine a link is not safe, and you can also consider that a link appears safe as part of your evaluation, don't trust a link solely because of how it looks. So how do you break down a link to evaluate it? If I'm checking out a link, the first item I'm going to look for is the primary domain and the top-level domain. Continuing to use Chase.com as an example, Chase.com would be the primary domain, with the .com part as the top-level domain. As you can probably guess, .com is the most popular top-level domain, especially in the United States. In addition to that, some of the more common ones include .org, typically intended for nonprofits, .gov for U.S. government sites, and .edu for educational institutions. Each country also has their own top-level domain. In the example website I made up earlier, chase.com.hedcvrt.pk, the .pk part is the domain for the country of Pakistan. But sometimes a country's top-level domain gets hijacked for other uses, such as Armenia's domain .am getting used for AM radio sites and Djibouti's domain .dj being used by disc jockeys. So how do you locate the top-level domain? The top-level domain is always going to be to the left of any punctuation mark that's not a period, such as a slash or a question mark. To put it another way, for now, you can ignore anything to the right of any punctuation mark except for the period. So, for example, when I say that the show notes for this episode are located at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com episode 67, you can ignore the slash episode 67 part, and then the top-level domain is obviously .com. Combined with the part immediately before that last dot, CybersecurityMadePersonal.com constitutes the primary domain, which is the home for this podcast. Traditionally, when you think of a website address, you probably think of it starting with a www.whatever. However, addresses don't always start with that. You can have one or more subdomains preceding the primary domain. For example, business.chase.com will take you to Chase's business account page, while personal.chase.com will take you to Chase's personal account page. It's also possible to have multiple subdomains. That's why a website can set up a domain that looks like junk, but then slap something like chase.com at the beginning, in an attempt to trick you into believing the site is actually the Chase Bank website. That's why there's a complete difference between chase.com.hedcvrt.pk and chase.com. However, what happens if you see a link taking you to something like hedcvrt.chase.com? Looking at that link, you can see that chase.com is the primary domain, which would probably make you think that it's safe. However, what's up with that strange subdomain? While that certainly could be a weird subdomain that's being used for some purpose by the people at Chase, it's also possible the site's web hosting could have been compromised and the subdomain added for the hacker's purpose. Now, it is going to be highly unlikely that would happen to Chase or any other bank. Banks employ a number of security analysts who are constantly monitoring for changes to the site's structure. Even if someone did manage to get into the configuration of the site, setting up a new subdomain would certainly trigger an alert for analysts to check out. But for other types of companies that aren't big enough to employ a team of security analysts, it's possible a change like that could happen undetected. The attackers do that in order to take advantage of the domain's reputation. A security company is going to be very suspicious of a newly registered domain, but they're not going to be nearly as suspicious of a subdomain on an established domain. The same thing goes for sending spam. Emails sent from a new domain are going to be much more likely to be blocked than email coming from an established domain. And if the compromised domain ends up getting blocked by spam filters, that hacker's not going to care. He's just going to move on to a new compromised domain and leave the owner of the domain to clean up the damage. There's two more parts of a website address that we can discuss. At the very beginning is the protocol. The protocol sets the method of communication between your computer and the server. In almost every case, the protocol is going to be HTTP or HTTPS. HTTP establishes a method for sending websites, and HTTPS is the same protocol, just encrypted. The secure HTTPS should be used whenever you can. And the last part of the domain is the part that I told you to ignore at the beginning. When you have slash something at the end of an address, that points to a particular directory or page on the site. There can also be additional data as part of the address. There are many ways that that data can be used, and that extends well beyond what we can cover in this podcast. Hopefully, this gives you a little understanding of how an internet address works, and if you see a link. I hope now that you can examine it to carefully determine whether or not that link looks legitimate. So that's all for today. Thanks for listening, and come back again next Monday, where our tip will discuss some ways that you can tell if a website's privacy policy is a bad deal for you. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.